bring everyone together for a great time with the Nintendo Switch system. Get the whole family in on the fun with exciting games that everyone can enjoy, like Super Mario Bros. Wonder, Animal Crossing, New Horizons, and more. Nintendo Switch has three different play modes all in one system. Play in TV mode, tabletop mode, or handheld mode when you're on the go. Visit nintendo.com slash us slash switch to learn more. Games rated E for everyone. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Welcome to Star Talk. Your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. This Star Talk. I'm your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist. And for today's edition, it's Cosmic Queries Potpourri. And I've got Eugene Merman visiting in from Boston. Used to yes. be local and now you're not anymore. I know. Why? Yeah. Uh, you know. You got family, married, got kids got and stuff. Got married, Damn. children, moved to Massachusetts. Damn, that happens. Yeah. Th- that happens. Well, welcome back. Thank you. Uh, we're here in the YouTube studios. Uh, I don't know why, but that's where we are. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, why are we in the YouTube studio? We're, uh, we're collaborating. We're collaborating yeah. with YouTube. <laughs> well, how do we know that? Because Matt O'Dowd is here uh, <laughs> in from <laughs> Australia. That's your home motherland? Well, Australia once upon a time. Once, yeah. upon, a, once, upon, once a upon a time. And we've got you now. You're uh, a, a professor of physics and astronomy. Happy to be got. <laughs> at, uh, at the City University of New York. That's right. Lehman College up in the Bronx, where I'm from. Hey. And uh, you're here because you have a YouTube channel. I do, yeah. And well, it's, I it's, it's part of the PBS <coughs> universe. I'm very delighted to learn that PBS has uh, a digital studio. Exactly. And you, your program within that is called... Space Time? Thank you, Eugene. Fan. Yeah, so Space Time, it's a PBS digital studio show. Uh, and these are shorts, so like four or five minutes each, or what? We go a little over. Oh. We tend to go eight to ten. Ooh. Cause Can people focus for that? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like that people take naps part, part, like, part way through, but they wake up for the end where the jokes are. <laughs> no, that's great. So that's why we've got you here. That's why we're in the YouTube studios. And you're here to help me handle these cosmic queries yeah. solicited from the internet. I got from, you back. From, from, our, from our, basically our, our social media base. They get solicited, and sometimes we solicit by topic, and then some don't fit in exactly right, and so we put them all in the grab bag. Mm-hmm. And so, okay. Eugene... Let's do uh, it. We haven't seen these, and so no, it, no the idea. two of us will will work. We'll work at this. Okay, all right? this is where we prove where we have anything up here <laughs> at all. <laughs> Go um, for it. So let's do this. Jordan Thomas, Jordan Thompson from Indianapolis asks Neil, there once were reptilian, the size of buildings, planets made of diamonds, stars five billion times that of our sun. And holes that lead to nowhere. Do you know? Do you think the universe has any limitations within creation? So many things to pick on. And, well, well and, first, and let me just start off by saying I'm from New York City. Yeah. 
there are no reptiles the size of buildings. Okay, yeah, I don't know where this, he's from. This feels like, this feels like <laughs> Iron Maiden lyrics. <laughs> or, 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 I want to live in this universe, actually. <laughs> yeah, are there, were there ever planets made of diamonds? Planets, oh, well, yeah, yeah. So uh, tell us about that. What do you know of it? So a diamond is a very, very dense form of carbon, put carbon under a lot of pressure, and those little atoms all align into that beautiful diamond lattice that we like to wear on our fingers sometimes. Um, but planets crystal can be- lattice, yeah, crystal, crystal lattice, yeah. Crystal lattice, exactly, yeah. Uh, planets are sometimes massive enough that the interiors can presumably crystallize carbon. Mm -hmm. um, and, and carbon's not rare in the universe, no. so- So there are planets, and the whole planet's In fact, there's diamond. sections of the universe where mm. It's mostly carbon. There are places where stars in their effluences will actually release copious yeah. amounts of carbon. It's a super so, common material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the, the planets would be, the diamond would be inside. You need to get that pressure. And so you need a bunch of stuff on top so there'd be carbon outside. I knew it. You've got to dig yeah. for it. Planets. Well, not all carbon, not all yeah. diamond. And the other thing is diamonds aren't that rare anyway, even on Earth. I think we, you know. It, Idolize it, them too much? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're not. Not that uncle. Wait, so we got the diamond, and uh, like I said, in New York City, there are no reptiles the size of buildings. <coughs> um, but if you live in a small town, you know, T-Rex would be bigger than your house. Although, right. yeah, could be. I, I know you know this because I, I think you assembled the T-Rex skeleton yourself at the museum. <laughs> you? I, I don't know. It's it was a kit. Yeah, put it together. Exactly. Right. Well, so, so, so reptiles descended from the same ancestor as dinosaurs, but dinosaurs themselves... I mean, modern uh, reptiles, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, and were not reptiles, as far as I understand. They are basically closely related to birds. In fact, birds are dinosaurs, really. Aren't birds more closely related to the dinosaurs than modern reptiles are? My understanding, really, from the phylogenic tree at uh, the American Museum of Natural History is that birds and dinosaurs are this really the same thing. Birds are the only yeah, surviving... Yeah, my issue was that reptiles, that's what I'm saying. So right, everyone's right, talking right. about birds being the descendants of dinosaurs without mentioning the crocodile. And is that true? Is that it's a product? I don't know. Crocodile is the worst bird. <laughs> it is, yeah. It's a famously terrible bird. But neither of us is, an, is, a, is, a, is a paleobiologist. Uh, but, but, so all I can say is, I don't, there were never dinosaurs the size of New York City buildings. That's all I'm saying. Right. And okay. I, I, all I want to say is, is there a limit to this universe? I would say absolutely yes, in that not everything that can exist does, but so many things... Wait, how do you know that? Uh, is it, it's an educated guess. Uh, I think what the laws. Are, name, some, name something that can exist that you think doesn't. Name something that can exist. Well, for example, the mathematics of 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 say uh, of relativity describe things like wormholes and yeah. and uh, you know quantum mechanics says it's tachyons. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, these these. You're Star Trek isn't real. <laughs> uh, wait, wait. <laughs> Like if I admit I can't admit a tachyon pulse? <laughs> I, I would say an infinite universe contains an infinite number of things, but it doesn't contain everything that you can imagine. I, I said the laws of physics still have to be obeyed. Uh, well, I, so I'm with you on that. So you're not going to have an Empire State Building sized reptile. Exactly. Because it can't hold itself up. Exactly. With a very interesting, you know about this, they teach this, I don't know if they teach this outside of like physics 101. But, right. So, so as you get bigger. Yeah. Your volume grows, uh, your weight goes up according to your volume. Yeah. But the strength of your limbs mm -hmm. goes up only according to this cross-sectional area. So it's a matter of area versus volume. So Godzilla is... Godzilla would collapse under his mm. own weight into a puddle of, of guts. Yes. 
Correct. Be, Even be if bad it was a irradiated, just because. Oh, irra- he was irradiated. Is that helpful? Does that, that, help? that, that changes the volume area thing completely. Right, right. Yeah. And does, so, does it affect it at all? So yeah. it's why the it's why big animals, uh, heavy animals, have thicker legs. You can, so, so you can't just scale up an insect right. and make them this big <clears throat> because their body that weight. That is great news. That's good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and it, and, it, and it completely negates half the horror movies of the 1950s. Point so far, and that was have, gigantic. It would that would have to be a lot stubbier. They would have to yeah, yeah. serious cankles to be able to. So, so as the ant gets bigger, the body weight goes so much grows faster than the strength of its spindly legs can support it, and it would just collapse under its mm. own weight. So you can't just scale up insects mm. and get big insects. It's just not going to happen. Well, I'm going to remove that as a fear I had. <laughs> so the laws of physics prevent that, which is why you can't have Godzilla. Right. It, it, as big as Godzilla. How is. big could a person be? Like, could you have a giant person that's the size of a building? A small. small no, no, no. Small I'm talking about any kind of life. I mean, any kind of life. Right, 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 right. Plus, so we don't need to fear like giant elephants or King Kong. Plus, there's a, another thing that involves blood pressure. Uh-huh. Okay, so if you're really, really big, yeah. and you have to get blood to your brain, yeah. if your brain is at the top, you would need a seriously pumping valve to do this. Well, if you had a heart, though, that was the size of a house inside your body that's the size of a, uh, a skyscraper, would that be fine? Uh, yeah. You mean that could pump with that kind of energy? Yeah, yeah I guess so. I mean... Well, you yeah, maybe a, so you'd need maybe two or three hearts, is what we're saying. <laughs> uh, if you wanted so to be the size he's of the empire, the creature here. <laughs> but, but, but I'm just adding a heart <laughs> to the, a giant <laughs> thing that doesn't exist. The, I think that's fair. I, th- I think part of the problem is these things evolved from smaller versions, and so they have to kind of co-opt those miniature organs to something that works on the large scale. They didn't come out of the box big. Yeah, right, exactly. Right, right. That's so a good the biggest point. creature that ever existed is how like so the, no, it is the blue whale that mm. exists today. Great. So what's fascinating to me yeah. is that mammals have some of the widest size range mm. of any branch in, mm-hmm. in the tree of life. What is the smallest mammal? <clears throat> it's like it's it's like a it's like this big. There's a little. A, you, can really, you can eat it or a, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> like it as an hors d'oeuvre, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you go from this to the blue whale. Now here here's where the blue whale cheats. You look at blue whale in the book. Yeah. Like, blue whale weighs four gazillion tons. Yeah. Not really. Because gazillion <laughs> isn't a number. Well, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> not only for that be. reason, but it's actually floating in water. Right, it's cheating. It is yeah. not holding up that weight. <coughs> oh. And so once you are in water, then mm. there is no limit to your mass. Wait, so could Godzilla exist but only in water? Godzilla loves being in the water. Exactly. And he could then exist. So it's the but he couldn't have come out of the water and start terrorizing the town. In the same way, a crocodile is, com- is basically useless on the ground. A cardinal has to do a push-up yeah. just to walk and then go back down because his legs are not directly <laughs> under it, which is a big evolutionary advance. Mm-hmm. You, I don't need muscles to hold up my body weight mm-hmm. because vertically I'm just, I'm so, just su- supported. So, so to redo this, Godzilla can exist but not out of the water. So it has to go into the water. That's right. And that's sure. why huge clumsy things are, can be highly nimble swimming mm, in the water. Like giant yeah. squids or jellyfish would just be a sack of... Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. All right. We learned a lot. Thanks. And that was from whom? That was from Jordan Thompson. Jordan Thanks, Thompson. Jordan. Yeah. Um, Susan. Was that a Patreon question? No, it was Instagram. Okay. 
Um, mm -hmm. These are all sort of largely Facebook and Instagram. So this one's from We're Facebook. supposed to read Patreon questions first. Because <laughs> they sense. like give us money and they bribe us no, to I, hey, read their questions first. of first. all, I'm totally with you excluding the part where I have no questions from Patreon. Okay. <laughs> so I can make them up. <laughs> okay. All right, go on. If that's it. That's, that's, how, that's how you can bribe us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. No, I agree. Mm -hmm. um, Susan Minob from Facebook asks, how sure are we about our map of our galaxy and the universe in general. Could our tools, techniques, be mapping an illusion and that the universe is much smaller or larger than we've calculated? Mm. Okay. Your show is called Space Time. Yeah. Right? So why don't you take Is everything one? we Let know me... based on lies? I mean, it, 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 <laughs> it could just be that there's a giant dome that's painted kind of like the Wizard of Oz set. Right. And Are we in a super complicated <laughs> Truman show? I, th I think the, th the closest thing to that is the idea of the holographic universe where you have this vastly distant shell that's a hologram and that our three dimensions are projected from two. Uh, highly, highly hypothetical, I'm not even going to say theoretical. Uh, so, the so, all right, how do, we, how do we measure this stuff? With, with many scientists working independently, making measurements independently and, and getting agreed upon results. Um, in, in the case of the map of our universe is pointing multiple different telescopes at, at distant galaxies and, um, and you know, ca basically calculating red shifts and, uh, so but, would, but also getting distances by different independent methods. So I would add that we use a regular telescope that is sensitive to visible light mm -hmm. and that's the extension of our retina mm -hmm. and we see a galaxy there. Mm -hmm. Now somebody else invents an infrared telescope or a microwave telescope or a radio telescope and we scan the sky and we find the same object but now emitting in these other bands. Mm -hmm. So this gives us confidence that the object is real, that it's actually there and some interesting things are happening mm -hmm. in it. Mm -hmm. And that it's not, and then like as you were saying before I interrupted you, you that should. you can get the distance to this object by multiple ways. Mm -hmm. They're not standard ways you would measure distances on Earth. On Earth you can pace out the distance, you could get a little tape measure, you can use now one of these... Um, uh, like a wheel? La laser, thingy, laser, yeah. laser thingies. Yes. That, uh, so there are multiple ways. If you get the same answer from all those ways, and all those ways are completely different mm. from one another, mm. you have confidence you have the right distance to the object. Yeah. And so, yeah, so this you combine all of these factors, we think the, the universe is real. And it is what we measure it to be. Mm. But you can get, take a deeper philosophical point that there is no reality beyond the measurement. The measurement becomes the reality of the universe that we describe. So to say it really is this other thing, you're just not measuring it to be. So I'll say, how will you ever know that it's this other thing? Well, I don't know. The question wouldn't be that it's another thing. It's just that we are wrong. How, how would you know that we are wrong? There's, so so right. we learn in quantum physics. You learn in quantum physics. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the reality of the world only makes sense through the measurement. Right. In a sense, yeah. You, yeah, in a sense. So yeah, you cannot, right. it's, it doesn't but mean anything I, to talk about a world that is Outside of a measurement, so that's what, that's, no, what, that's what Niels Bohr no would say. Access to it. I think. Okay, I, th I think. I think others. I think you know. For example, David Bohm and 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 realists would would argue otherwise. I think the important thing is not to confuse though the idea that the you know we have an, a subjective experience of the universe, and that that subjective experience isn't the universe. It's a different thing to the actual universe, and. Um, 
But nonetheless, the universe remains consistent. Our subjective experience of the universe matches other people's subjective experience. We can all make measurements that agree with each other. And that gives us confidence that there is something objectively real out there, even if we can't say exactly what it is. And I would add to that, but I'll tie a bow on it, mm-hmm. that I look at something and I say, okay, that looks red to me. Well, am I on drugs or not? Okay, so that, so that would be Are a you? subjective reality. <laughs> so then you devise an experiment, so an apparatus that measures wavelengths of light, and you've already calibrated it to that this wavelength is a red over here. So now you come to this, and the machine measures red as well. Is so the machine on drugs? <laughs> You gotta teach. You gotta teach <laughs> the machine likely. what red means yeah. first. We have yeah. to teach it over here what red is, and then we look at this thing that I'm looking at. And so now we both query the machine: what color is this? And the machine gives us the same answer. So I've removed my own brain from this experiment, and I'm getting the same answer. Mm-hmm. So to a limit, our subjective experience is reality, but we know the limits of our subjective mm-hmm. experience. And the whole point of science is to is to probe reality reducing our subjective interpretation by as much as is humanly possible, ideally to zero. Yeah, or or refining the subjective model so that it better and better predicts the objective reality, even though it will never be the objective reality. It's it's a highly effective predictive, you know, apparatus. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Next question. I think we have time for like one more question. Okay. This segment. All right, what do you got? From Leo Zua, Zusa, uh, on Instagram. How about the recent articles about the possibility of us being part of a simulation and the Big Bang being just the seeding event of such simulation? Thanks. I'm totally there. Yeah, I, I'm digging it every minute. Of it. You don't like yeah? it? Yeah. I'm I, I, I want to hear your opinion. I'm loving this. it. I want to hear this. I'm loving it. Well, so, yeah. so who made the simulation? Some, some, some snot-nosed <coughs> kid in in the parents' basement of an alien civilization well, who's mean, bored and. And they're more advanced than we are, mm. and they have way, have way more computing power than we are. Right, so than we do. it's like a little handheld Nintendo you can Exactly. Do. And so they program in enough detail to completely simulate every molecule in this universe, and we are here for their entertainment. Right. Why else can you explain where things are going along just fine in the world, then all of a sudden, there's a complete disruption? The snot nosed kid. Culturally, politically, Chris. economically, a complete disruption. I think that's the, it's, they throw it in for entertainment. That's what I think. Okay. I, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm gonna, I have two things to say. Firstly, I predict that you don't believe that. That's my first prediction. Okay. <laughs> but I don't, I'm not going to, I don't want to uh-huh. put thoughts in your head. Uh, There's an argument for why that, that's more likely yeah. than any other scenario. And I'll tell you that in a minute, but the, go the, on. The numbers game. Okay. So the idea that if you, if you, you need to produce one universe capable of producing universe simulations. And that's all you need. And if that universe produces billions of universe simulations, then any universe that you happen to find yourself in is more likely, more to, likely to be one yeah. of the than the one universe well, that started at all. If yeah. The way that like virtual reality now exists and you know video games have advanced, it is likely that in say a thousand years, whatever our virtual reality would or be. Or 30, 30 years. 30 years. Or 30. Yeah. Well, 30 years that whatever it was would potentially be physical, like you, could, it, you would be able to feel it Okay, and so it would, no, no, it no. Would it wouldn't. It doesn't even require that. No, it I just requires that what you program in there has an in your Nintendo, yeah. whatever it is, has enough complexity that in the mind of the characters in that game, they think they're real. Right. Yeah. So it and they have free will. It can't simulate the whole universe because to simulate a universe perfectly, you need a computer the size of a universe. Do you? Do you? Yes. I yes. don't know. Because <laughs> I mean, I do assuming, hear, assuming, assuming it's a perfect. Dip, 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 dip. I do want to hear, but we got to take a break. 
I want to hear it. I have so much to say. So much to say. <laughs> when we come back, more of this Cosmic Query on Star Talk. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. We're back on Star Talk. The guest Tyson, Eugene Merman. Hello. Back in the house. Eugene, you tweet by what handle? Uh, at Eugene Merman. At Eugene Merman. You got it. And I've got a friend and colleague, uh, Matt O'Dowd, who, who, who is uh, he's an associate up at the American Museum of Natural History, my day job, where <laughs> I serve as the director of the planetarium. But he, he's, a, he's an affiliate of ours and but a professor in, of his own up at uh, Lehman College. That's right. So welcome. And you got your own YouTube channel. I'm jealous. You got a good YouTube channel. Well, my my, my team's YouTube channel, I would say. Okay, that's PBS good. PBS Digital Studios. PBS Digital show. Studios, very good. Uh, titled uh, Space Time. Exactly. And, and we left off mm -hmm. uh, before the break. Uh, you asserting to my uh, disagreement that you need a computer the size of the universe to program the universe, and I'm saying that the universe that's created doesn't have to be the whole universe. It can be just some other universe. It can be a, whatever less than the original universe yes. needs to be to be whatever it is that I agree where with. they think it's their whole universe. That I agree with. Okay, yeah. good. That I agree with. Yeah. Uh, we have no discussion. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> we agree. Let's go for a beer. Right, uh, all right. I, I, I do have one thing to say. So yeah. this this whole idea recently came up. I think it, 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 it got a bit of oomph because Elon Musk asserted that this was quite likely that we were part of a, this simulation. By the way, just to be clear, this thought did not originate with him. Oh, of course not. It goes back to the 90s, and there are a few uh, philosophers who mm. started, who, who set this ball rolling, and then uh, many others, many others. And one of one of those writers whose name I'm blanking on. Pearl Jam? <laughs> that might, might have been Pearl Jam. Uh, so the idea was that we are most likely in, in what he called. You gotta know your groups and when they peaked. <laughs> this, <Yeah>. is <laughs> this is good, this is good, Eugene. So the idea is an ancestor simulation, the idea that some future version of ourselves, when we're more advanced. Nick Bostrom is one of the original. Uh, thinkers of this, yeah. I think. Okay, but go on. Uh, the idea was that, that in the future, scientists or kids with Nintendo would choose to simulate the entire mental life of ancestors of, of you know, from hundreds of years ago, just as a, as a study, to, as a study in past psychology. Mm -hmm. But that's all they have to do. They have to, they have to simulate only the, the activity of the mind and input all of the senses as long as they're consistent. Mm -hmm. Now, that... that probably will be able to do. I mean, the brain doesn't have that many connections that we can't, you know, in, in a couple of Moore's Law doublings, mm -hmm. sort that out. Uh, the, the problem with the... Oh, I recently heard that Moore's Law is now no longer 18 months. It's three, oh, it's oh, three oh. years. That's until I just we, heard that. Until we hit the next, I guess, iteration of once we move beyond silicon, maybe 
I'm just saying I heard it. Yeah, you might be right. By, by top people. Sure. I cannot this might who. This might take Very good then. people. Top people. Right. <laughs> okay, so, now, so where so, are you going with this? So the idea is it's not simulating a universe as you, in, as you suggested. Uh, but I think, it, I think it requires a lot of assumptions that, that future us will want to simulate the entire mental life of our ancestors and, and that we're more likely to be that. But my main obje- objection is that part of the idea is that if something goes wrong, for example, we figure out we're part of the simulation, mm-hmm. then whoever's running the simulation can edit it and remove that thought and business as usual. Sure. And so it's the most useless hypothesis. There are people who disappear and no one knows where they are. But that Stuff would, happens but that, in our but, that, but that would be, but yeah, that would we be. We blame the Russians. That would be. <laughs> but actually, <laughs> that would be simu- some you, kid. You've had thoughts that popped into your head today that you never had in the, previously in your life. So there's no way. There's no way that the conspiracy can be proved or denied because you know, everything's programmed, including you know evidence that we see that it is true. People disappearing, you know, um, Roswell, all of this stuff uh, is pre- presumably programmed in. So. Uh, I reject it because I think we need to continue on as though it's not <laughs> true. Well, well they could, you could do both. You could be like, well, maybe we're a simulation, but we should clearly live life as if we're uh, people. Yeah. We, have, though yeah. we have free will. We would also still, like, even in a simulation, if you murdered someone, you'd go to simulation jail, which I'm sure is terrible. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. All right, next question. All right. Um, Big Dog D1223 asks If Venus doesn't have a magnetic field, then how does it keep its thick atmosphere? Mm. Shouldn't it end up like Mars? Mm. That's a good one. Um, mm. you, I so one of the things that keeps our magnetic field stoked yeah. is that down in our sort of semi-molten iron core, you get car- you get iron sort of move- moving, mm-hmm. and if you have and, and Earth is spinning, mm-hmm. and so since we spin at, at relative once a day, right, yeah. it's relatively fast. Much faster than Venus. Um, How we, fast does Venus spin? Like a little less often than once a year. And, oh, really? and in the wrong direction. Right. Oh, that spins what a yeah, dumb yes. planet. <laughs> <laughs> you can have that as a book title. <laughs> yeah, what a dumb So you are, fewer, you are fewer days old on Venus than you are years. Uh, so that's so it's not churning. You know, you don't get this sort of what they call differential rotation. Mm-hmm. So, so Venus, right, does not have a significant magnetic field. The magnetic field protects you from the ablative effects of mm-hmm. the solar wind. And so there's Venus closer to the sun, getting twice the flux of solar wind than we get, mm-hmm. and it maintains its atmosphere. So generally. When we what what goes on here on Earth is it's not that it will blow away our atmosphere, it's that if there's a water molecule high up, H two O, the energy from the sun can break apart that water molecule, separate the hydrogen from it, then you lose the hydrogen. Mm. But I think I think part of it is also that Mars is much much lighter than Venus, and mm-hmm. so Venus is almost as massive massive as the Earth, and so yes, it, it, gravi- it holds yeah. on to its atmosphere, mm-hmm. um, and. You know, the, it, it has so much of it. It's, it's got to be losing stuff, but the time scale is just much, much longer. Right, and it's got nearly 100 times the atmospheric pressure as Earth. So, From, um, how, how does that? Well, you, so if you go there, you would, uh, cr- you'd be crushed split seconds before you vaporized. Why is that the order? Why is it the other way around? So, so, so I don't know the full the reason. full origin of that. Right. No. It's got a lot more of it. Well, I'm so not going. <laughs> <though. Yeah. laughs> the, the record for a, a lander on on Venus is something like two three hours before it 
crumpled in like a yeah, and 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 the big Venus people were the Russians. Mm-hmm. They, they had the Venera spacecraft, and um, they sent it, and they got some info, and then got crushed. Yeah, you get crushed, and it, it melts. It's uh, they knew this, but it was it's still yeah. a challenge. While we were going to Mars, they were going to Venus. Right. And Did we go to Mars because it's super easy? It's actually hard. It's pretty so Mars easy. Is hard. <laughs> Venus um, is close. But a quick thing. So. Um, it's, while we're on the subject, mm-hmm. I, uh, allow me to um, tell you the story of Venus. Sure. Oh, okay. I was going to say, do you know the story of Venus? Mm, I know the story of Venus. <laughs> Great. So, um, you know, if you're from Mars, you're a Martian. If you're from Earth, you're from Earth, you're an Earthling. From Venus, you're a Venusian. You know, these are, we have mm-hmm. these words. If you are of those places, yeah. It turns out Martian is act is correct. Earthling is good, um, but. Venusian, that's a improperly formed word. We're stuck with that word because the properly formed word was already taken by a whole other branch of science, yeah. the medical doctors. If you are of Venus, you are venereal. Oh, from the Latin. I from guess, the Latin, yeah. exactly. That is the genitive form of Venus. Venereal. And so when doctors found diseases peculiar to lovemaking mm-hmm. and Venus being the goddess of oh. love and beauty, they said, let's name it all after Venus. Right. So right. that became the category of venereal right. disease. <laughs> aliens were like, we would rather you didn't call us venereal. Right. right. <laughs> exactly. They are pissed off so ever since. So th- so it's we should not be surprised that the spacecraft the Russians sent to Venus were all called the Venera series. Mm. And it's because of that mm. genitive form. So, so war wounds should be Martian, like that's a, a Martian contusion you receive. Yeah, that's uh, for, uh, if you want to be, yeah, if you want to be symmetric consistent. about that, consistent. Yeah, yeah. Okay. you have a Martian wound. Exactly. Yeah, 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 very bad wound. Let's, let's try to make that happen. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nelson uh, from Syracuse in upstate New York. You're almost as bad as Chuck Nice at this. He he mangles the names I'm every not, single time. I'm not mangling anything. It's people not choose a weird word. names. Like, yeah, meaning like people's like monikers, <laughs> which isn't a word. I had a space time commenter called S. Well, I think I pronounced it correctly. Yes. Spelled S space SS. And we have an obligation. I feel like I read. Big Dog D one two two three. You did justice accurately. to Big Dog D one two 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 three. All right, so Nelson, also accurate from Syracuse, asks: Do scientists and theorists have any idea how much time passed before the Big Bang? Was there time before the Big Bang? I can answer that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we have no freaking idea. Okay, next question. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, what do you have? What do you got for that? I mean, the, the the standard wisdom was always that time started at the Big Bang. And uh, before that, there was no time. That was the, you know, the first second happened then. But you know, I think there's new thinking now. I think ideas like uh, eternal inflation, so the idea that, that possibly this universe just nucleated out of some inflating, rapidly expanding multiverse type thing in which time might have some sort of existence. Yeah, but then it would be time, there'd be a meta time for the meta universe, yes. basically. It, it Whereas our bubble, Surely has a beginning point, and so sure that, that, so, that one dimension. So I don't want to get semantic on it. We right. can say time as we measure it began at our mm, beginning. Right. But if we are part of this multiverse, then yeah. the, the, you should think of a multi-time. Right. That actually is the master clock of all. Yeah. Or, or, or it's talking instead so of chain of cause and effect. There was a cause before the Big Bang, of some sort. So, like, roughly an hour? <laughs> yes, like, you know. 45 minutes. <laughs> 45 minutes. I don't want to be inaccurate. Uh-huh. All right. Mr. Findle asks, mm-hmm. we created tools to detect and see different wavelengths of light 
that our eyes can't see. That's for damn sure. Are there any ideas of tools that would allow us to detect and see dark matter? So many ideas, depending yeah. on what on Earth well, first, that is. Well, first, we do see the effects dark matter has on matter. <coughs> right. Dark matter has What's gravity. What's the effect we see? Okay. It has gravity. Hmm. That's how we know it's there. That's the why we talk about it stars rotating too quickly. And I keep saying this, it shouldn't ever have been named dark matter. They should mm-hmm. just been called Fred. Because mm-hmm. we don't know anything about it. Meaning well, it's not matter per se. It, it, it may be matter, maybe not. Yeah. So to call it any kind of matter is misleading. Yeah. Right. It's it, presumptive. It, it, presumptive. That's yeah. a better word. Thank you. And But what it actually is, is dark gravity. Mm-hmm. That is literally true. Yeah. So, so we see its effects on things. And that's pretty good. That's, so that's why we all know something's happening out there. Yeah. All right. So now, is there some other way we can detect it? Do you get any ideas? Depends on what it is. I mean, if, if it is really massive and, it's, and some kind of particle, then people are all over it. So people all, there that's, are, that's I, the, the, the over-under on that is that it's going to be a yeah, particle. Like, like some ideas is that it might, it might self-annihilate when dark matter particles find each other, and that would produce very high-energy light. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or other particles that we could detect here on Earth um, mm-hmm. as, as you know, little flashes of gamma is, rays or cosmic rays. Well, is dark matter something that's far out in space, or is there is it near the Earth, or is it everywhere? everywhere. Meaning it might be in this room? It's, right. it's certainly in this room, but dark matter is so diffuse, it's manifest only on very large scales. Exactly. So it is so dominated by ordinary matter in normal situations, mm-hmm. it's, it's this, you can live life as though it's not there. Right. Same with our solar system. There's no, you don't need to invoke dark matter to calculate mm. anything that's going yeah. on anywhere around us. But in deeper space where there's less, it has... And bigger space. There's, there's yeah, more yeah. space, and so yeah. it just adds up over, yeah, yeah. over the light years. And here's the thing. Might we ever find, a, if it is a particle, might we ever find a dark matter planet or dark matter something else? Probably not, because not only does this dark matter stuff, Fred, not interact with us, ordinary matter, it doesn't even interact with itself. If you don't interact with yourself, you cannot coalesce and become something. How do you know it doesn't interact with itself? Because it would otherwise stick to itself. There there are ideas that would allow it to... uh, Hang out near each other? I mean, to annihilate itself when when they interact, but it's so small and spread out that it just doesn't happen very often. You think it's only a, a frequency issue? By some models. Okay, but or, or it might not interact with itself. Yeah, okay. That's also possible. Right, because we, we our particles, in, we, they, we make molecular bonds, atomic bonds. Yeah. These so it's not going to stick So we make molecules, and then we can be this fleshy thing called humans. You know? Yeah. It's not capable of that sort of right, it's complexity. Not, yeah. But it'd be really cool if they were like humanoid dark matter entities. That would yeah. be cool. I like the whole idea yeah. of a They'd dark be completely transparent because they don't interact with light. They could be right here, right now. They could be oh, walking They us. could be all around us. Yes. Oh, maybe that's what angels are. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Solve that. Yep. One more real quick. What do you got? Great. Before we break. Someone let Mike Huckabee know. Um, <laughs> Justin <laughs> Kenna uh, on Instagram asks, uh, is it possible for the fabric of space to be ripped or pulled apart? Could an overexpanded black hole then be the cause of a sort of big bang as the matter rips a hole through the fabric of space? I saw that episode mm. of Doctor Who, by the yeah. way. So I love the idea that we might rip. It's terrifying and beautiful at the same time. Mm-hmm. We're not going to rip in what we're doing now, but in the distant future where this, this dark energy mm. pressure of the vacuum mm. is... Forcing an also acceleration, named, by the way. Uh, uh, an acceleration of the expansion. 
it that will grow exponentially. So I'm curious, might there be a day where space is expanding so rapidly that it it's 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 pliability cannot keep up with what's happening to it, and it just rips instead of continues to stretch. Mm. Or at the very least, atomic nuclei ripped apart, and and yeah. So my, if, if that's your favorite cosmic well, destruction, I, it would be terrifying. But oh my gosh, <coughs> that'd be a new thing. I think even cooler is vacuum decay. Ooh. So the idea. Ooh. <laughs> vacuum decay. Do you want? Oh. What's vacuum decay? Oh, so, vacuum decay is oh, great. Uh, over the commercial. Well, the side of its brain. It, it could happen anytime. Over the commercial, he'll tell you. Okay. <laughs> when we come back, more of Star Talks Cosmic Queries. Neil deGrasse Tyson, back at you. Star Talk. Cosmic Queries Edition. Hopefully, grab bag. I got Eugene Merman. Eugene. Hello. We love having you. Mm-hmm. Love stay away here. for so long next time. I'll, I'll, I'll be back soon. Yeah, call me or something. I will. Right. Okay. Yeah. Matt, great to have hey you. Hey, guys. We're at the YouTube <laughs> studios. Why? Because you have a YouTube show. Sure, I do. Called Space Time. <laughs> great name. Thank you very much. That is PBS. I didn't come up with no it, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, PBS Digital Studios. That's right. Very good. And so we're doing Q&A here, and uh, something that uh, keeps me awake at night is wondering whether the vacuum energy of the universe is stable. I have, have lost sleep. You, I, I have lost sleep. You've lost I, sleep too? Last night I lost some you? sleep. Have you? I'm about to. We're, <laughs> we're going to make sure you join the club. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What is it? So, uh, so vacuum decay. Yes. It's scarier than the big rip that might happen due to dark energy because it could happen at any time. It could happen spontaneously. So the idea is that you know the vacuum. You know, it, it, it basically a vacuum means there's nothing in it. Mm-hmm. But actually, the vacuum has some tiny bit of energy. The fields that permeate the universe that give rise to particles are uh, through the vacuum. Now, one of those fields is the Higgs field. Mm-hmm. Okay, it, it's what gives um, subatomic particles mass. The famous Higgs boson. Yeah, it's a, a, it's, a, it's a badass yeah, particle. You've got to be a particle? That's the that, one you'd that's be. That's the yeah. one you want. The god particle. The god particle. got a good nickname. We've got yeah, the yeah. best nickname. Uh-huh. Uh, so, the, so the idea is that that well, Higgs field... Can I give field, a, quick, a quick explanation for how it gives mass? I sure. think this wor- I think this explanation works. Okay. Okay, think of a party in Los Angeles. Okay. In Hollywood. I've never sure. been invited to one, but... Okay, all right. And so what the Higgs field does is it will create a resistance to your ability to move through that field depending on what kind of particle you are. And the greater is that resistance, the more you measure its mass to be. Okay? Because mm-hmm. massive things don't move quickly. So you go to a party in Los Angeles and somebody nobody has heard of walks in. Okay? Arnold Schmednick. Okay? Fine. Walks in. No one crowds around him. He can go straight to the bar. He has very low party mass. Mm. Beyonce walks in. Then a scrum builds around her. She cannot move because people are taking selfies, getting autographs, asking her questions, paparazzi. She moves five inches a minute. Takes her a half hour to get across the thing. She has very high party mass. The party field granted her more mass than Arnold Schmegnick. So Arnold is a neutrino, and Beyonce is uh, it's a massive part of electron. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Good. So the universe well, is. Do I get your approval on that analogy? I think it. I think it's I good. Think I think it's, it's a great start. And I, I direct everyone to an episode on space time we've done this subject that uh, takes it only a tiny little bit further. Just 
Okay, all right, good, good. Um, but the cool thing about the Higgs I think field... I just dissed my example. No, I, I love I this. Only because I've never, <laughs> I've I've never been invited to that party, us. and I know oh, that yeah. I passed through. We, okay. we I know. You, tell me about the vacuum <laughs> that I need to be afraid of. <laughs> okay. Please. So the, so the Higgs field works because it has a non-zero energy everywhere. There's a little bit of Higgsiness everywhere in the universe. Yeah. This little field that goes... You know, through a volume of space. That's how I describe it. Right, yeah. And just to be clear, because... In case anyone who's watching this is really young, and the only concept of a vacuum is a machine that's sitting in the closet, mm, right. so that machine creates a vacuum. Hence, we call them vacuums, right? So, in space, unlike who was it that said it? Uh, nature abhors a vacuum. Mm, only on the surface of the Earth, you, most of the universe is vacuum. Mm. So the universe loves itself some vacuum. Mm. Okay, so it's, it's, a, it's a region where there's nothing, except there isn't nothing. There's some little Higgs energy. Higgs energy, go on. Right, uh, and so when when the the universe was settling down soon after the Big Bang, that Higgs energy found a nice, comfortable place to 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 be, a, to a value to take, and. You can sort of think of it as it, it was it was falling downhill in energy and it found a nice dip in the energy that it could be and came to rest at that, that particular energy. But over that little hump, uh, there may be a deeper drop and a much more preferential, comfortable, lower energy for the Higgs, the Higgs field to take. The vacuum, if it could get to that lower energy point, it would go there because the universe, one thing the universe does love to do is be in a low energy state. Mm -hmm. that's, that's something it, it, it will do whenever it can. But it, it needs to realize that over that little hump, that low energy state is there. It only takes one little part of the universe to, to, to get the message that it can have a lower Higgs and state. And it takes the whole rest of the universe with it. Uh, yeah, and, and so the idea is you have this vacuum decay. That little part of the vacuum decays to that lower energy state and all of physics goes out the window. Everything loses mass, all particles can suddenly move at the speed of light. Uh, time winks out as, as we understand it. We will become essentially photons. Maybe, and maybe that, say it. Dogs and cats start dating one another. Uh, 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 that's, if they <laughs> don't that, turn into that, puddles. That first. is highly <laughs> hypothetical. No one, no one has Wait, proven that. Wait, so say that. it again. What happens? Uh, so so the, once the universe realizes that it, it is this new energy state and, and not what we thought, that bubble expands and at the speed of light envelops the universe. Okay, uh, but it, but you know the universe is big, so it might. So it depends where it starts. Yeah. But if this is happening somewhere in the universe, then we'll just get swallowed up in it. Yeah, yeah basically. So yeah. What are the chances it's already happening? Uh, the chance is we we have no idea. By the way, I think right. of this loss of the vacuum state every time I fly over Crater Lake. Uh huh. You know, uh, it's the, the volcanic caldera, and there's a crater there. Sure. And it's, there's a lake in it. So there's water just sitting there. Yeah, ready and to kill you. Now, if that water knew that. It, or it had access to the ocean below, it would go like that. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't know. Mm, it's exactly. trapped yes. in this. That's good. In this. In this. It thinks it has reached the low ground because water always finds the lowest spot. Because mm -hmm. water always finds the lowest spot. It thinks it has reached the low ground, but it doesn't know that it can get lower. Mm. And so I, like I said, I lose sleep wondering. And part of the problem is that because the, 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 the new vacuum expands at the speed of light, we can't see it coming because light can't outpace it. The first indication we get would be it. it it's arriving. too late. So right. it sounds like there, in a sense, is nothing to fear because it'll just happen. <laughs> That's not going to help me. <laughs> well, meaning, I think a thing to fear right, is you can't like, even watch it happen. Yeah, That's it'll just be, we'll have been a thing and then not a thing. That's not so bad. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. prefer it. <laughs> 
<laughs> but we're a simulation anyway, so exactly. yeah, it's going to take some. We really love being. In. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what else you got? All right, um, let's questions uh, from the internet. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, let's read this question. Ready? Mm-hmm. D six one six three six on Instagram asks. How was the Phoenix cluster discovered, and why hasn't it devoured our solar system? I hope you know the answer to this. No, I don't. I don't know what the Phoenix cluster is. Well, is I guess that's another thing to fear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know um, what the Phoenix cluster is. You don't well, know. Phoenix I know what the Phoenix nebula is. Oh, what is, is that? It's a, a rather beautiful star-forming nebula um, that. I guess it's some hundreds of light years away. It's yeah, it's, it's quite pretty. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me back up for a minute. So uh, I don't know if this answers that specific question, but mm-hmm. it relates to it. Sure. If a black hole shows up somewhere, mm-hmm. it doesn't automatically become some kind of huge vacuum sucking up everything that it didn't previously suck in before. Mm given the mass that it once was. Mm-hmm. So v- black holes are not giant sucking machines. Oh. If, Earth, if, Earth, if, if the sun became a black hole, mm-hmm. all the planets won't all of a sudden just get sucked into mm-hmm. the sun. But we would be harmed. Well, it would be cold. <laughs> it would be very cold. That's the only change. <laughs> like super cold. It would super be cold. As cold as it gets. Yeah. As cold as is possible. So is this how we reassure people after the vacuum decay thing? That now I get why people are afraid of science. <laughs> <laughs> the more you know, the more there is to fear. So if in this cluster there's some black hole they might have read about, I haven't gotten the latest on that, but mm-hmm. if that's the case, mm-hmm. you needn't fear freshly formed black holes. Great. Because the, gra- the gravity... The, the reason why black holes are scary is because you can get very close to them because they're very small. And when you get close to them, you feel extraordinary gravitational effects on you. If you maintain the distance you've always had from that object, it makes no difference to you. Like if Ooh, a black I hole was in Chicago, would we be fine here in New York? How big is the black hole? Yeah, depends uh, on the, the, the size hole. of a nice shoes. It, in, 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 yeah. Yeah, it would, yeah. It would systematically eat the Earth. Yeah, that, oh, that, that so, would be okay. that would be like the mass of Jupiter. I'm oh, guessing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So because uh, yeah, Earth if it was is the that size big. of a dime. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like so yeah. what if it was the size of a dime? Would that destroy the Earth? That would be the mass of more than the Earth. Uh, I, I, I no, thought no, Earth, is, Earth is a black hole the size of like it's a, a it's, no, it's nine millimeters in diameter. Yeah. Yeah. So a pomegranate yeah. seed black hole. What would that <laughs> the moon food. That sounds that sounds rough too. The types of black hole that the Large Hadron Collider would produce in its when mm-hmm. it collides beams, those would be so infinitesimally small that it shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> they should they should decay instantly. Very for reassured. One thing. How reassuring. <laughs> so the thing. So basically, you should be okay. Basically, if you'll probably be okay. Time for one, another. Yeah, question. yeah, yeah. Let's do right? it. Right. When it comes to the multiverse theory, is there any way to know the ages of the various universes, or would they all be the same age? Mm. Mm. Wow. So I think the answer is absolutely no way. Given that there's no way to to test whether. Uh, they exist. So here's an interesting fact of science. Mm-hmm. Generally, if you don't know anything, your first question is the simplest. Does it exist? Mm. Right. Then when you confirm that it exists, then you ask the next round of questions. Mm. How long has it existed? Right. Will it die? Then you go, how big is it? What are the properties? So right now, we don't, we don't even know if multiverses exist, right. much less start handing out ages well, to them. Uh, the, the idea is these things pop in and out of existence Forever, in some meta clock. Right. All right. And yeah. So how we would we? How how would you know if there was another universe? Well, it also depends on the type of multiverse. I mean, there are many different types to choose from. What's 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 uh, an example? Like five so, examples. So so. 
Five examples, easy. Example. Easy. Let me write. So there's the quantum multiverse, the idea of many worlds that 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 the universe splits into mm -hmm. to, to multiple realizations of itself at every little subatomic decision. Mm -hmm. That one is the same. They're all the same age because they all started from the same mm -hmm. uh, branching chain. Uh, then you have the, the this is the famous many worlds exactly, interpretation. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So then you have the the idea of the multiverse that that expands from the what I mentioned uh, earlier in the, the show, the, the eternally inflating multiverse. Mm -hmm. So one part of it just stops inflating so crazily fast and just does regular Big Bang inflation. And those should, those should just be appearing all the time in that greater multiverse. One cool thing about those is that it may be possible to detect them if you happen to have two uh, universes that kind of appeared like champagne bubbles and overlapped in the, in the very beginning. Intersected. And, and merged. You would see like rings on the cosmic microwave background radiation, sort of coffee stains of where they interacted back in the oh. beginning. Ooh. And we haven't seen them yet, but we will keep looking. Coffee-stained universe. <laughs> Somebody's <laughs> a poet. <laughs> uh, oh, it's another one where the actual space-time that you're in has pockets of non-causally connected expanding sections. Mm. So, in other words, mm. we look out to our horizon, mm -hmm. but beyond that horizon, there's a whole other universe but part of our space time, but we, can't, we don't have access to it. And so that there's this huge fabric of space time and just universes dotting the space within it. Mm -hmm. And so. And that type should be as old, they all should be the same age. Exactly. They started with the same Big exactly. Bang. Exactly. That would be the same Big Bang that birthed we, That's right. three. But my uh, favorite one is the one where it's just this frothy foam that is birthing universes back and forth. And just for completeness, number five, the. <laughs> The fecund universe of Lee Smolin, where black holes, when they form, they create new universes. Because inside of a black hole, the mathematics right. tells you a whole other space-time emerges. On the other oh, side. Because you, you fall in, you'll mm -hmm. get to that after you see the future history of the universe from whence you came unfold. No. Yeah. So, yeah. That, I, I got shivers just then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so All the right, answer is we don't know, but some of our ideas are really great. <laughs> we got to stop it here. So you've been watching, if you've seen this on YouTube, or otherwise listening to Star Talk, a Cosmic Queries edition. I've been your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist. I think Eugene Merman. Eugene, thanks for coming back. Thank you very Call much for me having sometime, me. Call me sometime. I will. All right, you're in I Boston I'm now. I'm going to start texting you science questions. <laughs> okay. all the then I know you're alive. <laughs> you're going to say, you up? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I will. Like, How does the universe work, Neil? <laughs> <laughs> I'm at a bar with some friends. We want to know. Exactly. Oh, exactly. <laughs> and I, I think my friend and colleague, um, Matt O'Dowd, uh, who's got a, his own YouTube channel on PBS Digital Studios, and it's called... Space time. Space time. <laughs> if I type in space time, it goes to you. you type it straight into. Doesn't go to Einstein's theory. It goes to you. We're number three okay. or something like that. <laughs> Great having you. Thank yeah, you. Thanks Thank a lot. Good. Good. So as always, I bid you.